You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It is a Kyle Whittingham Tuesday here on the podcast meeting. We're going to listen to Kyle Whittingham's comments from the presser as he spoke to the media Monday following a triumphant victory over the Arizona State Sun Devils. We'll also talk about some hardware that some Utes collected from the Pac-12 conference, more weekly award winners, including a repeat, not a peat, but a repeat, uh, winner for the Utes. First time, I believe, in Utah history. All that coming up on today's episode of the Locked on Utes podcast for Tuesday, October 19th, 2021. Hello, my Utah friends and family. It is Brian Brown, your co-host, joining you on a Tuesday, letting you know that it is a great day to be a Ute. Thank you for joining me uh, on today's edition of the Locked on Utes podcast. And for every day, thank you so much for making us your first listen uh, every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, soon to be on YouTube. Somebody asked recently when that's going to be. I'm going to assume that it's probably going to be by November. It takes a little while for that stuff to get it set up on the network side of things, but we have submitted our application, so you will be able to check us out on there. Uh, no promises on in terms of what things are going to actually look like on the YouTube channel, though. Uh, you never know. I, I may end up wearing a bear cot. No, 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 no. I'm not going to be doing that, but you're going to see me in a lot of hoodies, a lot of hoodies and a lot of hats, so prepare for that. Also, you're going to hear a lot of Kyle Whittingham today because Kyle Whittingham spoke to the media and here is what he had to say. Okay. thought our team played uh, very well Saturday night overall. Uh, obviously much better in the second half than the first, but uh, you judge the game in its entirety. You don't judge in segments. And so overall we played a, a good football game against a really good opponent. Um, a lot of positives in that game, uh, particularly in the second half, as I mentioned. Offense came out. We had four possessions in the second half and four long touchdown drives, 60-plus, uh, 70-plus yard drives, no short fields. It was the offense did a great job of uh, moving the football in the second half. Defense pitched a shutout in the second half, and uh, that was uh, the end result because of that was a, a win, which puts us in good shape. Still a lot of football left. Obviously, uh, what are we, a third of the way through uh, conference play? And so we've got uh, a lot of uh, challenges starting this week. Oregon State, good football team, really good football team, running the heck out of the football, uh, leading the Pac-12 by a considerable margin running the football. Uh, Two good backs that uh, are very productive. Starts with our offensive line. Their offensive line is playing exceptional football, and uh, that's – you know, something that we've got to try to uh, take care of this week is, is slow them down a little bit in the run game. Quarterbacks playing well. Um, they're leading the conference in scoring as well as rushing, like I mentioned, as well as third down conversions, which when you run the football that well, you, it lends itself to a lot of third and shorts, which uh, they're taking advantage of. So big challenge. It's on the road. A uh, tough place to play up there in uh, Corvallis. But... Uh, We'll uh, 
hopefully have a good week of practice and be ready to go. So questions? Well, like I say, you judge the game in its entirety. You don't judge it in segments. And so when you judge it in its entirety, we played pretty good defense, held them under 400 yards, well below what they were averaging, uh, below what they were scoring. Uh, and so I think we are playing good defense overall. Just happens, so happens to be that we're playing a little better in the second half than the first right now. But but uh, we're not really concerned about that. We're just concerned with the the final product and the and the final result. And so, yeah, it would be great to play great defense every single snap of the game, but things ebb and flow during the course of a game. And, uh, and same with our offense. You know, we, and this year, for whatever reason, we've proven to be a, a pretty good second-half team. I mean, our fourth-quarter scoring differential is, is really good. It's like 70-something to 20 or, or thereabouts. And so we seem to be a little stronger in the second half this year. Each year is a little bit different, but that's been our MO. I don't have a great answer for you other than our guys do a – a really good job, our players, of hanging in there and overcoming adversity and handling adversity, and and uh, that's been the, the storyline this year. What, what kind of schematic changes play into that? I mean, <clears throat> obviously you make adjustments right. the game. But... Yeah, halftime adjustments are big and, and play into that, and I think our, uh, uh, is a credit to our assistant coaches and the coordinators to come in at halftime and, and uh, make those adjustments. Now, you got to make them all throughout the game. It's not just halftime because if you wait till halftime, it's too late a lot of the, a lot of the uh, – the times and so uh but uh just coming down coming in from from the uh, first half sitting down together talk about what's happening what we want to change and what we want to tweak going forward and uh, again our coaches have done a really good job of, of setting up uh, our players to be successful in the second half Kyle, we had some fun uh you know with the cubby penalty and the flexing but he he generally doesn't show that level of emotion during a game. What did you think of that end of it, just the emotion that he showed? I loved it. Yeah, you didn't love the penalty, but I love the juice and the emotion and the passion. And uh, we were making plays all over the place in that second half. Uh, we had so many guys make big plays. Cam Rising played exceptional in the second half, as we talked about in the post-game press conference. But but I, I'm not condoning penalties, but I'm, I'm, I love enthusiasm and guys that are really excited to play and have a, have a passion for what they're doing. Following up on that, obviously winning cures a lot, but it seems like this team is having a lot of fun. I mean, what, where, where is this coming from? I mean, in the post game videos, you're jumping around with them. Like, what, where is this kind of coming around together? Well, uh, every team has its own personality and its own chemistry, I guess you could say, and this team. Uh, is really fun to be around. There's a lot of great leaders, and uh, the leadership has been outstanding from 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 the uh, onset. But uh, the personality of this team is just more, I don't want to say jovial, but uh, they're having a lot of fun this year. And these guys, we got a lot of guys that love football, and it shows. And that's what you want. You, know, you want guys that love football, and, and uh, that's uh, what has been exuded during the course of the season. When you, were, when you were in the locker room with the guys, you know, celebrating all that, did you expect them to pick you up? No, no, that's, that doesn't happen often. But uh, that was... Uh, it was just in the moment. You know, you're in the moment. You're, you're so excited for them, and they played so well in that second half. And you know, it didn't look good at halftime, 21-7 against the top 20 team. And we hadn't, uh, other than the first drive on offense, we hadn't got a lot go on the first and the last drive, but, uh, where we turned it over at the end, which was a negative. But but we did move the ball well. But in between, there was not much going on. And then uh, to see the uh, production and the explosiveness in the second half was really. Uh, 
exciting. Coach, Mika didn't register a sack, but he was uh, creating a lot of pressure mm -hmm. uh, throughout the game. How valuable is that to have an edge rusher like that? Very valuable, and you, you can't have too many of those guys. You know, the most valuable commodities for a defensive uh, coordinator are edge rushers and shut down corners. And uh, he's, a, he's a premier edge rusher. And even though we didn't come up with the sack, I think we had five sacks. Actually, the stats were wrong. I think they, we got credited now for five. But uh, Meek is responsible for knocking the guy off his spot and flushing him around and, and letting other guys clean up and get the sack. But, but uh, right now, Meek is leading the Pac-12 in sacks, so he's doing a good job. But uh, even an even better job than what is showing up statistically. You, you, Why is at the beginning of the season, you talked about, you predicted that Devin Lloyd would probably be the highest drafted linebacker from your program. Obviously, he's had a really good season this year. What, what is it about him that, that, that works? Is he, does, do you allow him just kind of do what he needs to, or what, what, what goes on? No, he plays within the structure and the framework of the defense, but we utilize him in a lot of different ways. You saw us bring him off the edge uh, quite a bit so far this season. Uh, what makes him a good football player is just uh, a myriad of things. He's, he's got great size. You know, he's nearly 6'3", uh, just pushing 240 pounds. He runs like a deer. He's, he's instinctive. He's got a long wingspan. You, know, you see him tip balls quite often, particularly on the pass rush. He's got his hands on two or three balls this year. Um, he's, uh, he's a playmaker. He's, he's a guy that uh, when there's a play there to be made, he almost always makes it. And uh, he is an absolute football junkie and student of the game. He watches as much film during the course of a week as anybody we've ever had here. Kyle, uh, what makes Corvallis and Reeser State such a tough place to play? Don't know. It's, uh, you know, you typically got a, a pretty uh, boisterous crowd. Um, it's just an environment that uh, is uh, one of the tougher places to play in the Pac-12. And I, I just, other than the, the uh, you know, the fans and the, and the overall environment, I don't have a great answer for you, but but it has proven to be a, a tough place. Although last time we were there, we we started out incredible in the first half. I think it was 35 nothing in mid second quarter. So that game was not uh, typical of a game that that you have in Corvallis, and we're expecting uh, a hard fought battle. Now that we're at the halfway point of the season overall, the offense, defense, Okay, uh, offensively, I, I think we're just starting to hit our stride. Uh, we sputtered in the first few games, first three or four games. But the last uh, two or three, we've we've started to uh, one, well, for sure, the last two started to figure out who we are, who we got to get the ball to, and how we got to get them get them, get them the ball. Tavion Thomas is starting to emerge uh, as more of a run threat, which gives us more in the run game. Um, defensively, I think that uh, we've been fairly consistent throughout the course of the season. Uh, certainly had some problems in the uh, run defense early on. We seem to have shored that up. Uh, so I just think that uh, you know overall we're, we're doing a uh, we're, we're trending in the right direction. I think as a football team, special teams wise, hasn't been a lot of uh, huge impact plays on special teams. We did have the big punt return, and of course we've given up some things in the kickoff return game. So it's been a little bit of give and take in the special teams, but. But uh, I think we're holding our own. It's probably a good way to say it in the special teams. Okay. There you have it. Kyle Whittingham's comments. First half of his comments to the media. Uh, some interesting things there that I thought he pointed out. He talks about adjustments a little bit. And he definitely didn't give away any of the adjustments that they made. But I wanted to talk a little bit about that as well. Because I think sometimes we think that these adjustments are these magical uh 
schematical, you know, creations that coaches come up with thin air that, that magically fix things. Uh, typically what it means is it means that you're lined up to uh, one shade or one side of a guy, and now you're going to slide over a little bit. Uh, I'm not lying. That's a lot of time what happens uh, with some of these adjustments. You know what I mean? Like, oh, a guy's playing you really hard to the inside. Okay, we'll line up three inches inside of him. Uh, so those just, adjustments that he's talking about, it's always the inner chess match. And I think that goes back to what he said at the end where he said, game, set, match, checkmate. Uh, it was as animated and excited a Kyle Whittingham as we've seen in a while. I thought it was really fascinating how he responded to the questions from you know Josh Furlong where Josh talked about you know this team having fun and picking him up and everything like that. He was very jovial in this press conference. I think some of it is just... They won, and they played a really good game. This team is starting to really take shape and take form. But I think a lot of it too is that uh, this uh, this you know this group. I, I probably talk about it too much, but they've been, they've been through so much, and so I think they're enjoying and and uh, really savoring every moment of it and playing their hearts out and not thinking about anything other than just having fun playing football. And, uh, you know, that was something that I said for a while that you have to have fun while you play this game. Otherwise, it's just it's a terrible job. It really is. Uh, you know, for us watching, it's great fun. And, and we we hunger and we thirst for for games every single Saturday. And we look forward to them because there's so much energy, so much excitement, so much emotion that comes through them, uh, both good and bad. Uh, but when you're in the in, in the in the program, you know, in, in the in the mix every single day, it is incredibly taxing. It wears on you physically, mentally, emotionally. It's it's really, really hard. You have to think about it in terms of this. Imagine going into a film session every single day with your boss where he breaks down every single thing that you did wrong. And it's not just every single thing you did wrong, but it is like aggressive and loud and, and agitated and full of energy and stuff like that. Uh, it is a very, very emotionally humbling experience. And there's a reason why, you know, these kids sometimes get worn down. And, and, and in a program like Utah where it can be so tough sometimes and there is so much focus and emphasis on development and breaking down and building up and everything like that, you know, some guys just don't don't manage. And, and there's competition at literally every turn. And, and so you have to be mentally tough. But what's really happening is I think this team is letting its personality come out and having fun while they play. And, uh, you know, no better play to exemplify that than Britain. Old uh, Flex Hansel there flexing on his uh, on the uh, Arizona State defenders. So um, it's interesting comments from Kyle Whittingham there. We'll have more around the corner. Wanted to talk to you a little bit about prize picks. It is daily fantasy made easy. I love this. I know you will as well. Prize picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world. Uh, and now for players from Power 5 and mid-majors as well that you might not even have heard of. Uh, I mention Carson Strong every time we do this read and Sincere McCormick, the UTSA All-Star. Uh, you could even say that Jake Bentley is a mid-major uh, uh, star now, if that's your kind of thing. Uh, there are undoubtedly people out there shuddering right now, as I even mentioned his name. Uh, but they offer you any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions throw. 
All you have to do is make that deposit and use your promo code, which, which is locked on, all one word, and you'll receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code locked on. Pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the numbers, so don't have to worry about anybody else in that one. They allow you to mix sport, mix sports entries, so you can take the over on a uh, LeBron for one example, combined with the under on the homes in the same entry. There's a lot of sports going on right now. Baseball, basketball, football, it's all starting up. So download the app from the Apple App Store or from the Google Play App Store. It is an award-winning app that will put together everything that you need. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com. Use the promo code Locked On, or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Our good friends at Rock Auto are out to save you money. They want to let you know that if you go to rockauto.com that you'll save time and money uh, and avoid all those ugly, intimidating questions uh, from that goofy, angry, grumpy person behind the counter with that giant book trying to act like there's some sort of judge judging you for not knowing whatever make and model your car is. Why would you depend on that person when nobody knows your car better than you? And also, why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership when you can just go to rockauto.com and get them? Rock Auto is a uh, family-owned business that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need. Taillights, brake lights, uh, headlights, dome lights. All sorts of maybe flashlights. I haven't even checked. Maybe they got flashlights. Maybe they have. Uh, I'm sure they have like those old school running lights that that go on the bottom of your car, so you could look like you're driving the Fast and the Furious. That's what's awesome about RockAuto.com. You can just go to the website and explore on there all day. They really have everything that you need. So go explore their easy to use website right now. Find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to RockAuto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you buy, write "locked on" in their "How did you hear about us" box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Back here on a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. Uh, Just to give you all the Utah Utes coverage that you can handle, that you deserve, everything like that. And as part of that, we're going to finish listening to the rest of Kyle Whittingham's comments to the media in his press conference from Monday. Going over the last three three games of how you guys have played, is this the Utah football team that you thought you guys would Yes. Yes, it is. This is this is what uh, we had in mind and what we had envisioned. And it uh, just took us a little bit to get there. You know, a few few more games than we'd like to get there. And I'm going to spot they do himself if he's uh, wearing a uh, Yeah, he's got a injury, hand injury. That so, at USC? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is there any season-ending injuries? I know you had a couple. Yeah, we have our long snapper. We lost Keegan Margraff, which is a it's a big blow, although JT uh, Greep, the, the guy that backed him up, came in and did a great job, and we expect him to continue to do that. Uh, very talented young snapper. He's just a freshman. But uh, Ke- Keegan will be, uh, unfortunately, he's a captain. You know, He's one of our leaders. And that says something when a special teams guy gets voted captain. Uh, because that's uh, that's not real common, but uh, 
he's unfortunately done for the year. We'll miss him. And uh, he was, uh, you know, a big part of our special teams for the last several years. We don't talk a ton about the long snapper, but just in general, how, how critical is it to have a long <laughs> Absolutely critical. And, and as soon as you notice them, that's a bad thing. Right. You know, as long as you're not noticing the snappers, that means that everything's going as it should. And, and uh, we haven't noticed Keegan Hardy at all because he's been so consistent. So that's a that's a big factor. But like I said, we have all the confidence in the world in JT, and expect that he'll uh, get the job done. On offense, you've, you've had a pretty diverse group. You don't necessarily have that one guy that you can focus on. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of the way that you hope to maintain it, in, in a way that allows opponents to not really be an only guy? Or how yeah, you exactly. We've got five, six, seven weapons that uh, we've utilized, and and that are getting the majority of the touches. Uh, the, the emergence of Devon Vele has been a big positive for us. We knew the tight ends going into the season was gonna, were going to be a, a group that was going to be tough to defend. But but with Devon uh, doing what he's doing, Covey is Covey. You know, there's no surprise there. He's uh, In fact, we probably need to do a little better job of getting him a few more touches. Uh, Theo Howard's added some timely catches. Uh, like I said, the tight ends have been productive from day one. And uh, Tavion, as I mentioned, has really bolstered the running. It's kind of got to the point now where Tavion and TJ are getting the, the vast majority of the reps at uh, running back. Following up on that, you talked about the tight ends. What does a, having a group like you have with Brandt, Dalton, Cole, Thomas, and Aliti, what does that allow you to do on offense with their ability and blocking? Yeah, it allows you to do a lot of stuff. And as a former defensive coordinator, that's the toughest groups to defend is the multiple tight end groups, 12 and 13 personnel, whether you have two or three out there. And uh, there's just so many different ways you can utilize them, and particularly when they have the receiving skills that our guys do, where you can split them out. You know, we put Brandt out at wide receiver a good proportion of the time, and, and Dalton is such a, a tremendous receiver. Cole, uh, not as elusive as the other two, but he runs great routes and gets open. And so when you got tight ends that can block and catch, that's a that's a great combination and a great uh, matchup problem for defenses, and it it is as a like I said as a former coordinator, that's the one and that's the groups twelve and thirteen that make it the most difficult for you to defend and make sure you're you're not outflanked or out leveraged in the run game and you get good matchups when you know when they're split out and in the pass game. You talked about earlier how fun how much fun this team is having. Um, did did Cubby have anything to say about your, your cheeky? <laughs> Uh, he's I, I give him that grief all day every day so that's nothing new it's just uh, he's a great kid and uh, he's very proud of the results by the way of his role I mean it's it's working and so it's 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 uh, it's, it's filling in nicely but but uh, Cove is a special kid and uh, loved having him in the program uh, he's been here a long time as everybody knows but but uh, it's all in good fun there's no I certainly hope there's no hard feelings he hasn't indicated that so it's a very confident kid. Go ahead. No. After seeing the defensive performance um, in the second half, at least for me, I was pretty uh, impressed by that. Are you the kind of coach, and I'm just curious, who thinks defense wins championships? You know what? It uh, used to be much more prevalent in uh, in your success than it is now, and I'm a kind of a statistics geek, as David James calls me. I'm a guy that likes to look at stats and numbers. And... Uh, the, in this day and age of football, I've seen breakdowns where offense is responsible for 50% of your success or lack thereof, defense 35%, and special teams 15%. And so it's it's diminished a little bit in its uh, impact on the game. Offense is more taking more of a front seat, but uh, it's still very important. And uh, the best thing is to be bo- good on both sides of the ball. But but uh, you know the the real 
uh, impact of the game has shifted to more of an offensive uh, impact. With, with the numbers and everything there, it seems like you've been much more confident in, in wanting to be aggressive in those short situations, maybe fourth and two or, mm-hmm. or other situations. Is, is it that because of the offense, or, or what, what's kind of the strategy there behind you and, and how you pick that? As far as when we go for it on fourth down, uh, well, analytics uh, is is involved in that a lot. We have a book and a and a, uh, a system or program that we use that that gives me uh, good information as far as making that decision. We follow it fairly closely, but not exactly. Uh, how good your how confident or how good your field goal kicker has been playing, how how much uh, your offensive line has been controlling the game. Uh, there's a lot of factors that go into it. When you look at it, I think we're about average in the league as far as goes on fourth down and so I don't think we're going forward excessively but uh, certainly more than we used to and again the driving impetus of that is is probably the analytics part of it where it's just set up here's you know it's just it's science I mean you're you're here's what it is for uh, the reward for a field goal as opposed to a touchdown the risk reward of it all and so it's it's changed I think you're seeing more aggression from uh, most all offenses in that category than certainly you saw 10 years ago. Coach, in the defensive secondary, it seemed like you guys played a bit more man coverage than, mm-hmm. than previous games. Um, do you feel like you're seeing the progress out of that group to, to give you confidence? Yeah, we are, and uh, we're still not uh, to the point where we need to be. It's still a, a work in progress, and and we're playing with three true, you know, freshmen. Not true. I don't know what a true freshman is anymore. But guys that guys that are freshmen that still have a redshirt year, and uh, used to be called true freshmen. But with Clark and uh, Fabian and Samaya, and so those three freshmen are are making strides, and uh, we're gaining more confidence in them. And uh, but again, we don't want to just. You got to be smart. You got to put your players in position to succeed, and and put them in positions where they can be successful. And uh, too high of a dose of man coverage for those guys right now is not a good thing for them. So you got to be intelligent about how you go about it. And I think Coach Scally has been very intelligent of mixing a good uh, dose of zone in there. Have you actually been able to get any kind of grasp of, of, of what the conference has been right now? It seems like you know whenever there's a, a favorite team going in, they end up losing to a team that right. really shouldn't happen. I mean, is this about as jumbled as you've seen the conference? Yeah, but that's the Pac-12. <clears throat> for a lot of years, it uh, hasn't had a clear cut dominant team that you know nobody can beat it's just a, a serious a situation of you better be ready to play every week and every week like i said it was a week or two ago you're going to see scores that surprise you in the pac-12 every week like it you know i didn't see that one coming i didn't see this one coming and so i think it's a, a situation where there's a lot of balance and uh if you're not ready to play you're going to get beat so you've got to be ready final question in scheme and personnel who does the oregon state running game uh compare to uh, well, there's similarities between uh, them and the, the ASU scheme that we just saw. Uh, ASU is more counter gap scheme. There's not very little gap scheme in the Oregon State run game. It's more stretch and zone. But, uh, yeah, probably, you know, there's carryover from last week, I would say. And in terms of personnel? Uh, well, very similar offensive line-wise, too. Arizona State's old line is very efficient and productive and physical, and this line is very much the very similar. And, and so I would say in that regard, uh, Arizona State, they've got uh, two backs that are carrying the workload, number four and number five, both averaging over six yards of carry. They're averaging down near six yards of carry as a team, which is outstanding, and those backs are like 6.8 and 6.3 a carry, so they've got a, a good uh, combination between those two. But but like I said, there's, there is a lot of carryover in the run game uh, from last week to this week.
That's it? You cut me off? I'm just getting going. Okay. All right. I tweeted this out after the game, but give me the Kyle Whittingham stand-up special now. Uh, I feel like there is at least 20 or 30 years worth of jokes that Coach Witt has had uh, buried deep down inside of him that he's ready to let out. Uh, it was really – I still can't get over him and how giddy he was to to tell that Covey Roking joke. Um, but it is good to see Kyle Whittingham having some fun and, and really, you know, he is – he has done so much for the University of Utah, not just the football program, but for the school itself and what he's built with the community there uh, by way of the football program. So uh, excited for Coach Winningham. It's going to be a fascinating week this week, I think, for the University of Utah. We're going to try and preview a lot of Oregon State because I think this is a football team that really people are not uh, not fully aware about how good they are, what they've done. And just the incredible work that Jonathan Smith has done on the offensive side of the football for the Oregon State Beavers. You're going to see a uh, Halloween candy bag full of uh, offensive looks, of motions, of of plays, of, of run fits, and, 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 and run blocking schemes. It, it, it really is just uh, like a punch bowl full of beautiful football stuff. So going to be exciting to preview that one here on the Locked on Utes podcast as we continue down the road this week. And just to make sure that everybody is where they need to be and doing what they need to be, uh, we've been talking about sweat block, the wipes that stop sweat for seven days. And people have been listening. We have friends of Locked on who've tried sweat block and love it. Uh, we have a story here about a high school teacher. When he pit out by the fourth period, he'd hear the snickers and whispers from his students. So he started bringing a second shirt to change into between classes. Then he heard about sweat block on our program. He tried it and is now hooked. No more snickers, no more second shirt. Now, let's be clear here. No more snickers in terms of the laugh. I'm sure he can eat all the snickers he wants because he doesn't have to worry about sweating afterwards. Um Another success story here about an avid soccer player. He heard us talking about sweat block, thought it was too good to be true, but he was always the wettest guy after practicing games, like just dripping wet. So he thought he'd give sweat block a shot, tried it on his pits. The next practice, his pits were dry while everything else was wet. Uh, maybe you should try it everywhere else. Like I've said, that deodorant lotion, man, it is killer. I'm just saying, the sweat block lotion, the sweat block wipes are great, but the lotion, Clean as a whistle, dry, fresh. It's unbelievable. So there you go on Locked On listeners. Uh, we have all sorts of people who are out there loving sweat block. You can stop excessive sweat for up to seven days per use. Doctor created, doctor recommended, dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. And it's not just for armpits, chest, back, feet, hands. Use it anywhere. And I mean anywhere that sweats. Uh, you know where I'm talking about when I'm talking about the deodorant lotion. Uh, same with the wipes. So... If you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon NCVS. Wrapping up a Tuesday edition of the Locked On News podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We've heard a lot from Kyle Whittingham. You're going to hear just a little bit more from me tonight. Uh, well, today, I should say. Yeah, I record these the night before, and some days I catch myself, some days I don't. Uh, for those days that I don't, I apologize. Uh, I will someday be better, I think, maybe. But 
a lot of hardware for the Utes uh, as several awards named. So let's just start off from the from the jump. Devin Lloyd was named the Rose Bowl game Pac-12 Player of the Week. He had eight tackles, a career high three sacks, and the comeback win versus number eighteen Arizona State, including the sack off. Uh, he was here. He was there. He was everywhere. He was Devin Lloyd. Um, but very interesting that there were Rose Bowl representatives at the game watching. It makes a lot of sense, though, as it was Utah and Arizona State at the top of the Pac-12 South at that time. The fact that they watched the game, saw Devin Lloyd play the way he did, and then voted him as the player of the week favors the Utes very substantially. So his 2021 awards and accolades list is getting very, very long. So Rose Bowl Pac-12, uh, Rose Bowl game, Pac-12 player of the week for October 18th. Lot Impact Trophy Player of the Week, October 12th. Reese's Senior Bowl Defensive Player of the Week, September 27th. He was the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week, September 7th and, and October 18th. So that was another one that was awarded uh, and very well earned for the game that he played on Saturday night. 2021 Preseason All-American in the Athletic, Athlon Sports, Walter Camp, and Phil Steele. And named to the following watch lists. Bednarik, Bronco Nagurski, Butkus, Law Impact Trophy, and the Reese's Senior Bowl watch list. He is good. Not quite sure if he's the greatest defensive player in Utah history. It's going to be really hard to overcome Eric Weddle for that. Uh, but, again, Devin Lloyd just racking up awards left and right, and I doubt that will be the end of him. It seems like if he continues on this track that he will have a lot of hardware waiting for him at the very end. Uh, a couple others awarded. Um, junior offensive lineman Nick Ford was awarded the offensive lineman, uh, offensive line player of the week. Uh, obviously, you mentioned Devin Lloyd getting the Defensive Player of the Week, and Cameron Rising was named the Offensive Player of the Week for the second week in the row. In a row, uh, Rising finished the night twenty-one of thirty-three passing for two hundred forty-seven yards and two touchdowns, rushed six times for a career-high fifty-nine yards. It's nine point eight yards per carry. If you know anything about me, you know that I love yards per carry, yards per play. Those are my favorite stats. Nine point eight is good. And also got that touchdown on the ground, too. Uh, produced rushing scores in consecutive games. The first Ute quarterback to do so since Tyler Huntley in 2019. Uh, in the second half comeback, he was 13 of 15 through the air for 140 yards and two touchdowns, helping the, march, helping the Utes march at least 67 yards downfield on each series with a long drive of 82 yards on 12 plays. ESPN currently ranks rising atop the Pac-12 and number two in the country this season, QBR with an 88.8. Uh, he was slotted 10th. Um, in QBR for the week for the week of week seven with a ninety one point four, um, he was also named a star of the week by the Manning Award. He's the first Utah player to win consecutive Pac twelve Offensive Players of the Week awards and seventh in the Pac twelve era. He is also introducing thousands upon thousands of boomers and uh, whatever the generation between boomers and 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 millennials is, Gen Xers, whatever, to the term "thick boy." So shout out to Thick Boy Seven, aka Cameron Rising, aka Mister Bad Moon. Uh, he's a bad man, but he is. Uh, also an awesome man, and uh, you know, if you haven't bought a shirt yet, go buy a shirt. He's donating half of his proceeds to the Aaron Lowe Memorial Scholarship. Uh, pretty successful uh, wrapping of hard, hardware there for the University of Utah. I also want to make sure that we 
give a nod to Nick Ford because he has gone through a lot this season. I think there's been a lot put on his plate. Um, I think there's probably been some things that we'll find out after the fact uh, that he's been going through that that uh, on the field, you know, affected his play. And so really excited. He, I thought he played excellent on, on Saturday night. I thought he and Braden Daniels. Braden Daniels has been the most consistent player for the Utah, uh, Utes up front. <clears throat> but that offensive line was phenomenal. They played probably, I mean, <clears throat> there towards the end of the game, the pocket was so clean for Cam Rising, it was ridiculous. Uh, so it's good that the Utes have finally got the right combo down. Brayden Daniels, like I said, most consistent player. I love that Keaton Bills is bringing uh, the aggressiveness and using his power there. They still have a lot to work on. You know, Bam Olasheni, uh his size is such an asset at times, but, uh, you know, he's still trying to figure out how to use it in the blocking game. And, and you can see it at times in plays where he just doesn't know how to finish or, or how to put, you know, his body into gear. Um, but he's, you know... His size is just so hard to get around uh, that he's doing a pretty good job of protecting the blind side. And you have to think that um, Mr. Pinky's Up, Bam Molesheni, and Mr. Uh, roommate to Pinky's Up, Cameron Rising, and their little Pinky's Up celebration every time, uh, that there's a special relationship there, and that's contributing to things as well. We'll talk more about the offensive line, I'm sure, later in, in the week because uh, I have some thoughts about that, and I want to devote a full section to it. So uh, in the meantime... That's the report for the uh, awards for the week. Um, there was so much content out there on Monday. So if you haven't had a chance, go to the Utah football Twitter feed. Go to the Instagram. There are a ton of videos. It was insane. Uh, so, so much stuff out there. And I, and I know Utah fans are super excited about what's happening right now. Um, I am excited to preview Oregon State moving forward because I think this is going to be another good game this week. That's it for today's episode of the Locked on Utes podcast. Thank you so much for joining us here and and there and everywhere every single day. Uh, we know that you're making uh, Locked on Utes your first listen every day, but you should make Locked on Pac-12 your second listen every single day. You can get all your daily Pac-12 news in less than 30 minutes with Pac-12 expert Cindy Robinson. You'll find me on there at least two days a week. Fridays are usually the power rankings. Y'all might want to tune in for this power rankings. It's pretty It's pretty solid. I think you'll be uh, excited about it. So go ahead and subscribe, follow, do whatever with the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. We are on YouTube, so you can go check out my hat collection there. Thank you, as always, for listening. We love you. We like you. Uh, we appreciate you. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast uh, for October 19th, 2021. We'll talk to you again.